Chapter thirty five of Louisa de la Valliera. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. Louisa de la Valliera by Alexander Dumas. Chapter thirty five. The Apparition. La Valliera very soon recovered from her surprise for owing to his respectful bearing the king inspired her with more confidence by his presence than his sudden appearance had deprived her of but as he noticed that which made la valliere most uneasy was the means by which he had effected an entrance into her room he explained to her the system of the staircase concealed by the screen and strongly disavowed the notion of his being a supernatural appearance oh sire said la valliere shaking her fair head with a most engaging smile present or absent you do not appear to my mind more at one time than at another which means louisa oh what you know so well sire that there is not one moment in which the poor girl whose secret you surprised at fontainebleau and whom you came to snatch from the foot of the cross itself does not think of you louisa you overwhelm me with joy and happiness la valliere smiled mournfully and continued but sire have you reflected that your ingenious invention could not be of the slightest service to us why so tell me i am waiting most anxiously because this room may be subject to being searched at any moment of the day madame herself may at any time come here accidentally my companions run in at any moment they please to fasten the door on the inside is to denounce myself as plainly as if i had written above no admittance the king is within even now sire at this very moment there is nothing to prevent the door opening and your majesty being seen here in that case said the king laughingly i should indeed be taken for a phantom for no one can tell in what way i came here besides it is only spirits that can pass through brick walls or floors and ceilings oh sire reflect for a moment how terrible the scandal would be nothing equal to it could ever have been previously said about the maids of honor poor creatures whom evil report however hardly ever spares and your conclusion from all this my dear louisa come explain yourself alas it is a hard thing to say but your majesty must suppress staircase plots surprises and all for the evil consequences which would result from your being found here would be far greater than our happiness in seeing each other well louisa replied the king tenderly instead of removing this staircase by which i have ascended there is a far more simple means of which you have not thought a means another means yes another oh you do not love me as i love you louisa since my invention is quicker than yours she looked at the king who held out his hand to her which she took and gently pressed between her own you were saying continued the king that i shall be detected coming here where any one who pleases can enter stay sire at this very moment even while you are speaking about it i tremble with dread of your being discovered but you would not be found out louisa if you were to descend the staircase which leads to the room underneath oh sire what do you say cried louisa in alarm you do not quite understand me louisa since you get offended at my very first word first of all do you know to whom the apartments underneath belong to monsieur de guiche sire i believe 
not at all they are monsieur de saint aignan's are you sure cried la valliere and this exclamation which escaped from the young girl's joyous heart made the king's heart throb with delight yes to saint aignan our friend he said but sire returned la valliere i cannot visit monsieur de saint aignan's rooms any more than i could monsieur de guiche's it is impossible impossible and yet louisa i should have thought that under the safe conduct of the king you would venture anything under the safe conduct of the king she said with a look full of tenderness you have faith in my word i hope louisa yes sire when you are not present but when you are present when you speak to me when i look upon you i have faith in nothing what can possibly be done to reassure you it is scarcely respectful i know to doubt the king but for me you are not the king thank heaven i at least hope so most devoutly you see how anxiously i am trying to find or invent a means of removing all difficulty stay would the presence of a third person reassure you the presence of monsieur de saint aignan would certainly really louisa you wound me by your suspicions louisa did not answer she merely looked steadfastly at him with that clear piercing gaze which penetrates the very heart and said softly to herself alas alas it is not you of whom i am afraid it is not you upon whom my doubts would fall well said the king sighing i agree and monsieur de saint aignan who enjoys the inestimable privilege of reassuring you shall always be present at our interviews i promise you you promise that sire upon my honor as a gentleman and you on your side oh wait sire that is not all yet for such conversations ought at least to have a reasonable motive of some kind for monsieur de saint aignan dear louisa every shade of delicacy of feeling is yours and my only study is to equal you on that point it shall be just as you wish therefore our conversations shall have a reasonable motive and i have already hit upon one so that from to-morrow if you like to-morrow do you mean that that is not soon enough exclaimed the king caressing la valliere's hand between his own at this moment the sound of steps was heard in the corridor sire sire cried la valliere someone is coming do you hear oh fly fly i implore you the king made but one bound from the chair where he was sitting to his hiding-place behind the screen he had barely time for as he drew one of the folds before him the handle of the door was turned and montalais appeared at the threshold as a matter of course she entered quite naturally and without any ceremony for she knew perfectly well that to knock at the door beforehand would be showing a suspicion towards la valliere which would be displeasing to her she accordingly entered and after a rapid glance around the room in the brief course of which she observed two chairs very close to each other she was so long in shutting the door which seemed to be difficult to close one can hardly tell how or why that the king had ample time to raise the trap-door and to descend again to saint aignan's room louisa she said to her i want to talk to you and seriously too good heavens my dear ara what is the matter now the matter is that madame suspects everything explain yourself 
is there any occasion for us to enter into explanations and do you not understand what i mean come you must have noticed the fluctuations in madame's humor during several days past you must have noticed how she first kept you close beside her then dismissed you and then sent for you again yes i have noticed it of course well it seems madame has now succeeded in obtaining sufficient information for she has now gone straight to the point as there is nothing further left in france to withstand the torrent which sweeps away all obstacles before it you know what i mean by the torrent la valliere hit her face in her hands i mean continued montalais pitilessly that torrent which burst through the gates of the carmelites of Cheyoux and overthrew all the prejudices of the court as well at fontainebleau as at paris alas alas murmured la valliere her face still covered by her hands and her tears streaming through her fingers oh don't distress yourself in that manner or you have only heard half of your troubles in heaven's name exclaimed the young girl in great anxiety what is the matter well then this is how the matter stands madame who can no longer rely upon any further assistance in france for she has one after the other made use of the two queens of monsieur and the whole court too now bethinks herself of a certain person who has certain pretended rights over you la valliere became as white as a marble statue this person continued madame is not in paris at this moment but if i am not mistaken is just now in england yes yes breathed la valliere almost overwhelmed with terror and is to be found i think at the court of charles the second am i right yes well this evening a letter has been dispatched by madame to st james with directions for the courier to go straight to hampton court which i believe is one of the royal residences situated about a dozen miles from london yes well well as madame writes regularly to london once a fortnight and as the ordinary courier left for london not more than three days ago i have been thinking that some serious circumstances alone could have induced her to write again so soon for you know she is a very indolent correspondent yes this letter has been written therefore something tells me so at least on your account on my account repeated the unhappy girl mechanically and i who saw the letter lying on madame's desk before she sealed it fancied i could read what did you fancy you could read i might possibly have been mistaken though tell me what was it the name of bragelonne la valliere rose hurriedly from her chair a prey to the most painful agitation montalais she said her voice broken by sobs all my smiling dreams of youth and innocence have fled already i have nothing now to conceal either from you or any one else my life is exposed to every one's inspection and can be opened like a book in which all the world can read from the king himself to the first passer-by ara dearest ara what can i do what will become of me montalais approached close to her and said consult your own heart of course well i do not love monsieur de bragelonne when i say i do not love him understand that i love him as the most affectionate sister could love the best of brothers 
but that is not what he requires nor what i promised him in fact you love the king said montalais and that is a sufficiently good excuse yes i do love the king hoarsely murmured the young girl and i have paid dearly enough for pronouncing those words and now montalais tell me what can you do either for me or against me in my position you must speak more clearly still what am i to say then and so you have nothing very particular to tell me no said louisa in astonishment very good and so all you have to ask me is my advice respecting monsieur raoul nothing else it is a very delicate subject replied montalais no it is nothing of the kind ought i to marry him in order to keep the promise i made or ought i continue to listen to the king you have really placed me in a very difficult position said montalais smiling you ask me if you ought to marry raoul whose friend i am and whom i shall mortally offend in giving my opinion against him and then you ask me if you should cease to listen to the king whose subject i am and whom i should offend if i were to advise you in a particular way ah louisa you seem to hold a difficult position at a very cheap rate you have not understood me ara said la valliere wounded by the slightly mocking tone of her companion if i were to marry monsieur de bragelonne i should be far from bestowing on him the happiness he deserves but for the same reason if i listened to the king he would become the possessor of one indifferent in very many aspects i admit but one whom his affection confers an appearance of value what i ask you then is to tell me some means of disengaging myself honorably either from the one or from the other or rather i ask you from which side you think i can free myself most honorably my dear louisa replied montalais after a pause i am not one of the seven wise men of greece and i have no perfectly invariable rules of conduct to govern me but on the other hand i have a little experience and i can assure you that no woman ever asks for advice of the nature which you have just asked me without being in a terrible state of embarrassment besides you have made a solemn promise which every principle of honor requires you to fulfill if therefore you are embarrassed in consequence of having undertaken such an engagement it is not a stranger's advice every one is a stranger to a heart full of love it is not my advice i repeat that can extricate you from your embarrassment i shall not give it to you therefore and for a greater reason still because were i in your place i should feel much more embarrassed after the advice than before it all i can do is to repeat what i have already told you shall i assist you yes yes very well that is all tell me in what way you wish me to help you tell me for and against whom in this way we shall not make any blunders but first of all said la valliere pressing her companion's hand for whom or against whom do you decide are you not madame's confidant a greater reason for being of service to you if i were not to know what is going on in that direction i should not be of any service at all and consequently you would not obtain any advantage from my acquaintance friendships live and thrive upon a system of reciprocal benefits the result is then that you will remain at the same time madame's friend also evidently do you complain of that 
"'I hardly know,' sighed La Valliere thoughtfully, "'for this cynical frankness appeared to her an offence both to the woman and the friend.' "'All well and good, then,' said Montalais, "'for if you did, you would be very foolish. "'You wish to serve me, then?' devotedly if you will serve me in return one would almost say that you do not know my heart said la valliere looking at montalais with her eyes wide open why the fact is that since we have belonged to the court my dear louisa we are very much changed in what way it is very simple were you the second queen of france yonder at blois la valliere hung down her head and began to weep Montalais looked at her in an indefinable manner, and murmured, Poor girl, and then adding, Poor king. She kissed Louisa on the forehead, and returned to her apartment, where Mollycorn was waiting for her. End of chapter 35 Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah